Failure only has one ingredient, and that's information, period, nothing else. Because, you know, most of us as human beings, we take our failures, we put them in a bag. There's no future in the past. Let's just keep going this way. We're going, we're going forward. So it's understanding that failure is information. That didn't work. So let's try it another way. Welcome to the Champion Forward Podcast. Here we discuss the balance and relationship between elite sports performance and emotional health. We interview athletes, their families, and their coaches to hear their unique perspectives, identify how they've stayed connected along the way, and dive into their distinct purposes as human beings that transcend their performance as athletes. Join us on the journey. This is another Champion Forward podcast. We are back with, on the podcast. With, new, with some new equipment. We got bit. some new equipment. We're trying out new equipment. We are 20 episodes in, and this is episode 21. And we're making adjustments. Hey, you always got to make adjustments to get better. You know, there's always there's always ways to learn and grow. And sometimes you just got to get a new tablet when the other one's getting blurry. You know? Yep. That's how it works. And we're also trying a new podcast service. So bear with us as we're doing some technical adjustments here. Uh, and we are going to be doing some videoing of our podcast. Uh, we have videoed the last few episodes and hopefully we putting those on YouTube soon. But Let's jump right into it, Ben. Episode 21. Uh, just a couple episodes we ago, we talked about this new format. We're going to be diving into the content. Uh, last time, we really overviewed the whole formula. But today, we're honing in on... Awareness. We need, awareness. We need to add in another jingle right there. Yeah, I was going to so say... We've got like... the sports scenario jingle, but we need like a... Today, we're going to talk about and then just boom like something really solid something that just shocks you mm. and makes you like get your Zoom. attention something something Zoom. to get your attention something that shifts up the biochemistry of our listeners yeah so stay uh, we tuned need, we need that. an adrenaline rush with okay. awareness we need adrenaline let's go so awareness no so right now we're going to have the definition and we are going to dive into that so having a conscious knowledge of your thoughts, feelings, surroundings, patterns, abilities, and challenges. Yes. I, I, I guess I haven't thought too much about surroundings. I know, but we're going to dive into each of them. So let's start with conscious Great. knowledge. Uh, talk about conscious knowledge in your opinion, conscious versus unconscious, and then I want to dive into knowledge versus learning and information. Yeah, conscious, unconscious. Well, Obviously, when you're young, you're unconscious of a lot of things uh, until you get older. Uh, so some of our first memories, right, are 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 pretty early, but you're unconscious of a lot of things until you get there. But as time goes on, you become more conscious of yourself, uh, more aware of yourself over time. Uh, but I think as you become proficient in certain activities, you it starts with a lot of consciousness and then as you get more and more proficient uh, some of those actions can become a little bit more unconscious you can focus on other parts of of the game and that's why I'm, I'm thinking about sports right now I'm thinking about how at first when you start to learn skills you learn tools you learn sports you have to be very conscious of the learning process and and it's put in front of you and you have to learn it and and know it with your head but also uh, start to feel it. Uh, and then over time, it you don't have to think about it anymore. It becomes a second nature is what people say, or muscle memory. 
that's when it becomes a little bit more unconscious. So I think when in regard to some of the things we're talking about, the internal side of competitors, caretakers or coaches, it's the same thing when you're learning internal skills, when you're learning mental skills, when you're learning things that are soft skills that you can't really see uh, at first when it's brought to your attention, it becomes very conscious. Uh, but you're pretty unconscious about it until someone brings it to your attention. Then you become conscious about it. And hopefully over the learning curve, it can get to the point where it becomes second nature. It becomes something that you do over and over again. I think about driving, like to, to have the best example of conscious versus unconscious, right? Like our knowing in our subconscious, like we get now we get in the car and it's kind of we just know what to do. But you flash back to early on when you're 15 years old or 16 years old and you're learning to drive, you're having to be so aware, right? Like you're having to be like, oh my gosh, and, and turn on my turn signal and change lanes and speed up and slow down. And, and But it just becomes a part of our unconscious, you know, part of our, our, our operating system. Um, and as you practice, and that's what you're talking about in sports, as you practice something, it becomes built into your consciousness. And now I want to talk about knowledge. Uh, because knowledge is a big word spelled mm -hmm. with a K. There's a silent K at the beginning of it. It's not just N. There's a K. Wow. Wow. Really? Um, is that, is that for real? Is that, is that yeah, really how it I, is? I love the spelling contest. When like, Can I have the origin please? Uh, can it be used in a sentence? Mm. Yes. Ben has knowledge. Um, so with the knowledge there, there's a cultural thing going on right now. And I don't know if you agree difference between knowledge and learning is I believe that it actually, you have to learn to then have the knowledge. But learning isn't always the easiest process. It's most, it's grueling. It can be painful at times. It doesn't always produce an, uh, the results we want instantaneously. Um, but once you learn, that's how you become uh, more knowledgeable ab about anything. Yeah. Well, I also, I also want to add the word wisdom in there, right? Because I've, I've learned a lot about things and then you start to feel like you have an idea of the knowledge about those things but until you actually learn to apply those into your own life and find a way to apply them in a healthy way do you really have wisdom and then on top of that you could have wisdom and never share it you can use it for yourself and never never connect with anybody else on it uh and if you really want to come full circle with any sort of knowledge or any sort of anything that you've learned you never would have had any of that knowledge unless someone would have plugged in and connected with you at some point. Did you ever point. see the movie, The Matrix? <laughs> you know, when they like plug in yeah. and they get downloads, right? Like, I need to know that. <laughs> uh, speaking of knowledge, I don't know if you know this, but I'm rocking a Champion Ford t-shirt right now. Our merch store is live. Uh, so visit our merch store on our link tree. Get some Champion Ford gear. Get a hat like Ben's wearing. Get a t-shirt like I got on. Uh, we're actually going to be recording a webinar today. So that's why I'm rocking the swag. Uh, so now let's talk like about thoughts, feelings, patterns, surroundings, abilities, and challenges. Uh, talk about why it's important to be aware of your thoughts. Uh, we'll get to feelings, but let's think about thoughts. And I want you to think about just not only from a, a, a life perspective, but obviously a performance perspective as well. Well, your thoughts uh, have a lot of influence over you. You know, I heard early on in my life that, hey, the garbage in, garbage out. You know, you hear that scenario. Well, there's a lot of truth to that uh, when things come into your, your mind. Uh, 
um, if you continue to feed your mind with negative things, you're going to start to think negatively and have negative thoughts. You're going to produce them on your own. You won't even have to add someone else's negative thoughts in. You'll start producing them on your own. And uh, I think this uh, a similar thing in regard to uh, paying attention to them. You know, as we're talking about awareness, when you start thinking about what's going on, uh, inside i i learned a lot of mindfulness stuff when i played ball we had sports psychologists that would come around and and help us quiet our minds quiet our bodies enough to start to like actually become mindful of what's going on inside your mind and and when you actually slow things down enough you stop your body long enough to actually breathe and see how many times your mind goes in a different direction and you start having all these random thoughts and and I can't imagine how it might be with somebody that has uh, attention deficit uh, of any kind and, and how difficult it must be to try to stay with one particular thought, especially when you have this thought and then that thought. And then and there's all sorts of different complicated things going on in your life. So to just become aware, not even try to change those right away, but to just become aware of your thoughts becomes a very, very important part of how you can influence yourself. Now, we, I, like I said, you, you hear a lot about having negative influences on your life, especially young people. And there's a ton of truth to that. Garbage in, garbage out. You know, feed yourself with good things, the right things, and you're going to start producing more right thoughts. However, just becoming aware of what's there already, that skill I don't think is taught enough, to be honest. I, I think that mm -hmm. that's something that I, I wish I had learned earlier on in my life to become aware of, of how I, how I was thinking, even though I was like trying to put the right stuff into my mind, I still had negative patterns that were, were built up over a long, long period of time that I wasn't aware of. So let's, uh, take a minute, dive into the Google machine here and learn about the brain and, and the thoughts. So the brain is three pounds. If you didn't know that, um, it works 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It is a workhorse, uh, similar to my dishwasher and it processes 70,000 thoughts every day. Okay, so every day we have 70,000 thoughts. There's 100 billion neurons that connect at more than 500 trillion points through synapses that travel 300 miles an hour. So if you feel like you haven't been very productive today, let me tell you, you are doing a lot. So give yourself some grace. Uh, but some scientists suggest that 75% of the thoughts that occur, so of those 70,000, 75% of them actually are negative thoughts, and 95% mm. of the thoughts are actually repetitive. Mm. And so that's going to lead us into, in just a minute, I think, around your patterns, is how can you approach this with a sense of curiosity and say, what are my patterns in my thinking? What are those continued patterns that I'm telling myself? I think for you, um, I know for me, when I was playing golf, uh, golf is such a mental game, right? There's, you, you've got to prepare yourself for that shot to execute that shot. And you have so many different thoughts coming, right? Like you, you look at where not to hit it. You, you got a four foot putt. You're going, man, don't miss it. Don't miss it. Well, right when you get into that, your bodies are, you know, your, your brain's only hearing miss it. And so it's important to be aware of those because the first step of being able to shift those is awareness. And that's why we start with awareness of our, of, of our thoughts. And we'll get to patterns in just a minute but when you can take the time to become aware of the patterns i've heard you say this you stepped in the box or you stepped in the batter circle right 
you had you had a pattern that you would follow. You had a routine that you would follow to get your mind right so your body could execute. Um, we're going to skip feelings for now, but make that connection of the thoughts and the patterns that allowed you to have some success. Yeah, uh, I would say that, that that my focus when I played in between the lines was so focused on the next moment. How do I be prepared for the next moment and think about what I want to do as opposed to what I just did? Uh, we talk a lot about presence, uh, staying, okay, so staying think present. about what you wanted to do instead of what you just did. So you were just, you were thinking just ahead, not too far, but you're just thinking just ahead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just barely ahead of where I was like, am I prepared right now to move into the next moment? And sports has a way of kind of, uh, forcing you to do that to a certain degree. I think that that's one of the benefits of sports. If you want to be really good, you have to lock in and stay focused in the present as well as visualizing what you what you're trying to do. Uh, I also I also think that far too often and I did this a lot in my career, far too often I was battling judgmental thoughts, uh, uh, thoughts of of failure. And the more you look back at the things that you didn't do well and the more you uh you focus on negativity or if you're like having a bad season or if you're having a bad day even. Uh, and this does not stop just at competitors. This is absolutely something that we as caretakers or coaches deal with on a daily basis as well. The more you think about where you failed and didn't do well, you have a pattern of negative judgmental thoughts, shaming thoughts, things of, man, you just didn't do this right. You're not going to do this right the next time. Like, you, you start to have a lot of self-judgment and there's a ton on mental health in regard to self-compassion, learning how to give yourself a break, give yourself some grace and allow yourself to move into the next moment and be positive about what you can do instead of judgmental about what you just did. So you brought up the fact that there was a lot of negative thoughts. And, and I think what, what I hear in this was my experience. You can have like paralysis by analysis or even paralysis by these negative thoughts, right? They can build on them. And this is actually where a lot of scientists believe part, the obsessive compulsive disorder can present itself is on the obsessive part is your brain, your, your, your brain, what you focus on receives energy and it builds on itself. So as you mm -hmm. start to focus more on these negative thoughts and these judgmental thoughts and these negative thoughts, it builds like a snowball. And so mm -hmm. we're going to reference back. Um, if you remember, we had on Mary Grace Elliott, and her dad, Mark Elliott, on the podcast really early on. And she talked about the 54321 technique. And so if you find yourself in a pattern that you're constantly in negative thinking or you just can't get out of this, the important part is to jump out of that part of your brain and get back into the kinetic side of your brain. And so the one way that she talked about doing that was five, start with that and think about five things you see around you. So this could be done while you're literally in the outfield. If you're playing baseball, it could be mm -hmm. while you're, you're on the bench in basketball. Mm -hmm. It could be, you know, in golf as you're walking between shots in life. If you're just a little overwhelmed, pause, think about the five things that you see around you. Then think about four things you can touch around you. Start to get that sensation. Acknowledge three things that you can hear. Mm -hmm. Acknowledge two things you can smell and one thing you can taste. In this strategy and tactic, you can actually implement to pull yourself out of those negative thinking patterns that could be paralyzing you in whatever particular uh, spot you find yourself in. 
Yeah, I think I think kinetics is is why a lot of mindfulness is focused on body work first, and the, the somatic check in in something where what's your body feeling because it immediately takes your brain and your thoughts out of the internal only scheme and forces you into what am what is my kinetic body feeling, and that's that can be a benefit to athletes particularly. Uh, the only problem with that athletically is. Uh, when you're feeling injured or when you're feeling weak, you're not at your best, you know, that can just put more on you like, oh yeah, I feel terrible. I slept bad last night. You know, I, 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 I have a muscle strain. I'm struggling with this or I'm not at my best. And that can, that can add more to the negativity, right? So there's gotta be a way to, um, just stop that, right? And that's kind of the technique you just said is is mm -hmm. it, you got to stop some of the stuff that is focused on what isn't going well and just get in the present. And that's what that yeah. five, four, three, two, one situation does. And it's about recognizing. And I think recognizing and not getting, you know, you talked about the grace and the compassion, not getting so upset at yourself like, oh, here I go again. This is happening again. Just go, oh, I'm recognizing it. This is a pattern I have. And now I have some tools that I can pull myself out of that. So let's jump now into having a conscious knowledge of your abilities and your challenges. Um, mm. This has been a big one. We talk about this a lot. We talk about shining the flashlight on the challenges or the blind spots that we have, right? There's uh, what is it? Jahari's window. You talk about the things that I know about myself, the things that I don't know about myself, the things that I don't know that I don't know about myself. Um, but I want you to overlay this just in a minute or two around how important this was for you as an athlete. So being aware of what your skills and abilities were, and also being aware of what your difficulties or challenges were, and also how you've seen that valuably uh, play out as a valuable skill in life in general. I think anybody that does good self-evaluation can, can, especially in athletics or in school or anything you're trying to perform at, you're going to be hyper aware of where you're falling short because you want to succeed. And that can be helpful in regards to training and trying to, to get better at the things that you're not so good at. But sometimes it's, it's not very good at helping you uh, learn what you are good at, a conscious knowledge of your abilities. And, and, and sometimes we can so focus on what we're not good at that we don't recognize what we are good at. So there has to be, you know, we're not talking about balance today so much, but but that's part of why balance is such an important part of our processes in this organization, because it's not enough just to be aware, but that awareness of. Well, today we're just trying to be aware, but you're right. <laughs> right. But that awareness, it, it needs to be balanced out in and of itself. Yeah. Just the awareness needs to be balanced out. Yes, I'm aware of what I'm not good at, but are you aware of what you are good at? Boom. We don't have to focus so much on the challenges, the difficulties, right? Like how often did you, look, I'm curious about this. Like you, would you video your swing ever? Was video around time. when you were in the league? All the time. Was yeah. It, whenever it was, I had, had was the it like ability. a huge camera that someone had to put on their shoulder and then take the cassette okay. tape out and then plug yeah. in it? That was, oh, that was okay. parents when I was young, but by the time I was in college, okay, we had smaller camcorders. Okay. Hold on, get the camera up, get the camera up. And then the person behind is like, dude, put the camera down. Hey, out of the way. Okay. If you videoed your swing, um, how quick were you to notice what you were doing wrong versus what you were doing right? Oh, uh, I mean, hyper aware. I would try to do side-by-side -side images and look at my video and go, okay, this pro guy, like how, 
what's the difference here? And you're trying to always compare is, is this what it's supposed to be versus mm-hmm. what your image of what it should be. And, and when you can actually, when you can actually become aware of, of not just, Hey, I'm, I'm not where I want to be, but if you can become aware of what you're doing well right now, mm-hmm. just in the development process, that's that that does a lot to con- to keep motivation high, even when you're not seeing numbers produced, even when you're not seeing the development come through right away. And and I think having self kindness and patience through the process of recognizing, you know, through the process of evaluation, right? I mean, there's always people evaluating you, coaches parents and teammates, you know, you're always being evaluated, you're evaluating yourself. So if you can have a level of self-kindness and recognize, hey, I'm doing really well in this, even though I might not be doing as well as I want to be here, I'm still doing well here. We really struggle with that. Yeah, take time. Like that's, that's, uh, that's, it, it, it's okay to know your strengths. I mean, there's a reason that StrengthsFinder 2.0 was Amazon's best-selling nonfiction book of all time, all time. Because strengths-based leadership works on teams, but you're talking about that balance. Take the time and identify, okay, what, what am I really good at in my particular sport or in my role as a parent or in my role at my work or as a spouse? Okay, but also where are the blind spots? And how can I understand? And then how can you get feedback from people that you know and trust that are going to say, hey, here's a particular blind spot you might work on. That's been one of the most challenging things in my life the last few years, but it was the most catalytic that led me on a journey to change. Some people let me know, hey, we actually feel pretty lonely with you. And that just blew my mind. And it was painful at the time. But then I start to unpack that a little bit and got to realize, wow, okay. I actually want deeper connection. So I'm going to do some work to try to dive into that. So as we wrap up our time on awareness, Ben, we've talked about abilities, challenges. We've talked about feelings. Excuse me. We've talked about thoughts. We've talked about patterns. Um, touch briefly on surroundings. And then let's let's dive into feelings. We're going to save a lot of the feeling stuff for emotional versatility when we talk about identifying your feelings. Um, but talk just briefly about surroundings and then about the importance of being a, 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 having a conscious knowledge of your feelings. Well, your, your environment does matter. The things that are coming at you do matter. They do have an impact. It's not as much of an impact as what's going on inside your, your heart and mind, but it does have an impact. And if you're unaware of that, uh, then you will have forces upon you that you're not really recognizing are having an impact, right? So paying attention to, uh, all the various things that are coming at you, uh, I think is, is super, super important. I, how'd you I think do that on the field, you've talked about this before, like, how'd you do it on the field? What were you aware of? Well, well on the field, uh, I was hyper aware of myself, my body. I, I did have good, very good kinetic awareness and I was aware of what was happening in the game and I knew the game well enough to know what is the game asking of me right now. So I was so locked into that experience that when there was things going on around me, whether it was like, hey, this guy's having a bad game or or these people in the like stands are yelling at me. What about like, yeah, the, like the teams, the other teams doing this, the pitchers doing that. Those types of things were of secondary importance. They were they were there and, and, and I would I would I would hear them and I would see that it was happening. But the primary importance was how do I stay with what I can control right here? Because all those things are out of your control. And to a certain degree, if you if you pretend like it's not there, uh, it's going to have an impact on you more than you really want it to be. 
you have to recognize that it's there, but don't let it too close. Don't let it allow you to change your decision-making process too much, right? It, it, it factors into some of it because you're, you're reading the situation and trying to, to make the best decision for your team or your family or your whatever the situation is. But at the end of the day, it's far more important that you stay locked in, take care of yourself, do, take care of what you can, you can take care of, and then you'll be better prepared to handle all the surrounding stuff that's coming at you. Yeah. When I was in um, early on in my football career, seventh, eighth grade, uh, <laughs> I remember our, our football coach would, would often talk about- That was also late in you your career your, too, wasn't it? <laughs> okay. I'm going to edit that out. Um, the He would talk about the importance of keeping your head on a swivel, and I never really understood what that meant. But then I had a guy illustrate it. He goes, you can run as fast as you want on a football field, but if you keep your head down, it doesn't matter. If your eyes are down and you're running as fast as you possibly can- that doesn't matter. You got to have, you got to be aware of your surroundings. You got to be aware of what's going on. And I think mm -hmm. in life we get so locked in, we just get locked into what's going on in our world and we don't pause, look around and just really try to understand where we are. And that's why we talk about those concepts. So we're going to save feelings for when we get into emotional versatility. We obviously uh, are, are adamant about the importance of having a knowledge of your feelings and, and doing that on a regular basis. Uh, but but you got to hear more today about having a conscious knowledge of, of your thoughts, your feelings, your surroundings, your patterns, your abilities, and your challenges. And these are things you can be doing. These are activities you could be doing on your own. You could, you'd be uh, connecting with somebody else, kind of going through and say, hey, can you give me an idea? Uh, what's your feedback there? Um, and if you want, make sure if you're not on our email list list yet, check it out in the show notes, go to Instagram, go to our website. Uh, you can fill that out because we're sending out usually weekly emails, just kind of diving into these concepts. That's a way we're going to do that. And then also we're interested in partnering with some, some high schools or colleges or sports organizations this year and teaching these via webinar or in person as well. So if you're interested in that, you can find that on our, um, on our link tree as well, how to get in touch. So Ben, any closing thoughts before I, uh, jump back to one of our recordings from a previous podcast with some exclusive content. Yeah, just awareness can't be done without others, without people in your life that you trust. And that doesn't mean everybody, you don't listen to every voice, but you, you need to know what your trusted voices are and the other people that can give you feedback that is compassionate, but also uh, helps you understand uh, what, you, what you don't see, you know, that part yeah. of Jahari's window, right? And check out our merch store. I'm loving this t-shirt today. Let's rock some champion forward gear. Take some pictures in your gear. Tag us on Instagram. Uh, we'll retweet you on Instagram. Requote it, whatever it is. Uh, ben, now we're going to jump in. If you remember, Scott Hamilton, Max Hamilton, and Aiden Hamilton. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, remember them. We early on, awesome. uh, Olympic figure skater Scott Hamilton, a friend of, uh, of the show here locally, and his son uh, Max, who's doing some awesome awesome things on social media, and then Aiden and playing hockey, and then Aiden, who is a high-level MMA fighter. So now stay tuned for their exclusive content that they had prepared of their top three keys to succeed for competitors, caretakers, and coaches. Max, you want to start us off? Yeah, so three words to, I guess, flourish as an athlete or just as a person in general would be ambition, commitment, and discipline. Those are definitely three things that, because without commitment, what's ambition? And then without discipline, what's ambition and commitment? So, because I guess discipline and commitment kind of coincide, but 
I think those three things are probably the only things that you really need to like double, triple down on. I love that. And Max, can you, I just want to hear you expand just a little bit on those words. Where's a place that you really see discipline uh, showing up in your life that's allowing you to flourish? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. Actually, so at the rink, honestly, it's like ambition. Those those three words, ambition. I always look at whoever the best is, like whether it's an NHL player, whether it's a kid at the rink or whatever that I, I'm like, I need to get to this point. And not only do I need to get to this point, but I need to be better. So I look at whatever that kid's doing. And then I see how he's training. I see how many hours he's on the ice. And I say, okay, how can I beat that? And then I commit to that. I commit to whatever he's doing and I want to do more. And so that's how you get to that level. So then you have to commit from the ambition. And then the discipline, it's just literally showing up every day. So I mean, in my life, it's at the rink. I don't, I try not to slack really. And I try and go hard every, every single rep. I try and go harder than my teammates as much as I love the boys. Like it's competition still. And so even whether that's like not laying, laying on my bed, looking at my phone when I'm tired, like it's like doing something productive, reading a book, watching a informational video, watching film on, on another player or something like that. So it's just, I guess it's intentionality living, living out intentionality throughout your life is probably the most important thing for those three things. Cause you have to be intentional, um, in your day-to-day life, however you can. And always, I guess, I guess being mindful of every action you take, it's like, where is this leading me? You know, that's, so it's that's like huge, it, Max. That's huge. Up. Is this keeping me in the middle? Because I mean, if you think in direction, it's like, is this taking me up, down? It's keeping me square. Is taking me forward, backward? Am I staying the same? It's like, so yeah, it's just that, I guess. Great illustration. You talked about ambition. You talked about commitment. You talk about discipline. And I think you can apply that to, to parents too. In our conversation we've had with your dad is really the ambition of, of a parent of wanting to be connected with their child and, and be the best that they could be, whether you're a coach or a parent, and then having the discipline to only uh, share if someone asks you, you know, if the child asks you, I think those three words could definitely be applied, not just from an athletic perspective, but from a, a parenting and coaching perspective too. So uh, really good value there, Max. Uh, how about you, Aiden or Scott? You want to jump in? Yeah, I would say uh, one thing that I've noticed specifically with other people is when they get frustrated. I feel like when you're an athlete, it's important to remember like what your goals are and what you're doing the sport for. Because like if you say if you want to be the best, but then you don't have a goal of reaching like a certain point as like a professional or anything like that. And you just want to do the sport for like a few years or just for fun or something like that. Then I don't think they should put a certain expectation on themselves that they should be better than everyone else because that's not what they're working towards. Mm. So I think it's important. Just remember what you're doing it for. Like if you're just doing it to have fun or if you want to be a professional or what, and then if you're just doing it to have fun, don't be confused when the people who want to be professional are doing way better than you. That's a good Mm. word, Aiden. Uh, that's a really good word. You talk about kind of remembering your why and then also setting realistic expectations. Yeah. Um, Aiden, I, I want to, if I can pull one out of you, what's one thing that uh, your coaches or your your training staff, your coaches um, that, that are helping you, what's one thing that they do really, really well uh, to help you become your best? Uh, my head coach, Sean Williams at Henzo Gracie Nashville. He's one of like the best grappling coaches in the world. and what he does the well that I've noticed that he does better than anyone else is you could ask him a question about anything and he'll have like three to five answers for like every position or every move or whatever it is. He'll have a bunch of different scenarios, everything because he, even though he's been doing it for so long, I think he's like a 
I don't want to say wrong, but I think he's like a fifth degree black belt and he's just been in the game so long, but he's never stopped learning. Like he's always studying. He's always building off his game, watching tape, watching film and like seeing, Oh, this, what is this doing? What, like, where's the game going? What's working right now? What's not working right now. And then just kind of breaking down to us and he'll talk to us sometimes to be like, did you see this this weekend? Like, what did this guy do? Well, what did this guy not do? Well, like what could he have done different? It's just like, he breaks it down. Like he breaks down the technical aspect of the game to like such a degree that it builds like a deeper understanding of just everything you do within the sport. Hmm. It sounds like he has a, an idea of never stop learning in a growth mindset, but pulling yeah. out the wisdom at the right time for the right moment for the right person. Yeah, yeah I think that's fair to say for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. How about you, Scott? What are your uh, three recommendations that you would give? Well, I'd say it's, um, you're not, a, I, I, you know, just for, for most athletes, just look in the mirror and say, um, I'm not as good as I'm going to be. You know, just always that kind of that forward thinking that, you know, that understanding of this is a process, it's skill progression, it's, you know, getting back to Max's commitment thing, right? It's like, I'm not as good as I'm going to be. And the other parts that I, I really found in a lot of the talks that I've given um, is that people have a really hard time with failure, like a really hard time with failure. And so I try to encourage people by saying failure only has one ingredient and that's information, period nothing else. Because, you know, most of us as human beings, we take our failures, we put them in a bag and um, we keep collecting our failures and we keep putting them in the bag and we carry that bag around with us wherever we go. You know, it's kind of like, no, it's over. You know, I heard my golf pro told me recently, my old golf pro, he said, there's no future in the past. Let's just keep going this way. We're going, we're going forward. So it's understanding that failures information that didn't work. So let's try it another way. Or let's try it again and let's see if I can figure this thing out. And the last thing is, you know, especially nowadays with cancel culture and all the other stuff that's out there, social media and, you know, sort of the shaming aspect of our, our culture is this, there's, you know, criticism really just breaking it down logically, it comes in two forms. That's opinion and fact. And if you look at a form of criticism and you look at it purely as like, well, that's somebody's opinion. And you have every right to delete it and move on. Like it has it, it, Teflon, just let it roll off. It's just his opinion. Who cares? He doesn't know anything about me. And that criticism is baseless. And it's just the person just whatever. Let's let it go. But if it's if someone criticizes you and it's in fact, then it's they've done you a favor. I mean, a huge favor. It's like, thank you. Thank you. It's like I I could never see that but you're pointing it out and you're allowing me to, to, to improve and get better. So it's not just taking all criticism and just absorbing it all. It's really being discerning on what criticism you're going to allow in and how are you going to let it do its job. And uh, in that way, you know, you can take the factual stuff and say, wow, that's really cool and be humble enough to take it. Right. And, you know, but the other side, like I had a judge that said I was doing better but I, I have to understand that I'm too short to be competitive internationally. And I went back in the history of the sport and the last American that won before I did was my height. So it's obvious that you didn't <laughs> like short people, <laughs> you know? So I just, my whole job was keeping her off my panel, right? <laughs> and she said, no, that judge doesn't like short people. She can't judge me. She, she has a built-in bias. Oh, <laughs> pull her off. No, it's, it's, it's that type of stuff. It's just understanding and being discerning. Like, um, you want to see an eye roll from both of my boys, 
Right here it comes. I do not want to roll my eyes at this, by the way. I don't roll my eyes. What's the greatest? I like it. What's the greatest strength? The lack of weakness. Right. I don't, I don't roll my eyes at that, by the way. I'm inspired by that quote. <laughs> I roll my eyes a little bit. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but it's true. It's like if if that's the part of criticism, is find out where we're weak and try to get stronger. You know, I mean, life isn't a destination, it's it's a journey and it's an aspiration, right? So, you know, it's all of that. So they get tired of me saying it. It's like What's your strength? Lack of weakness. All right, let's go. <laughs> Boom. Well, Scott, three dynamite recommendations there. Number one, I'm not I'm not uh, as as good as I'm going to be. So, kind of mm-hmm. having that forward thinking, that that mindset, that always you. I love that you used humble and hungry a lot uh, mm-hmm. today. And uh, number two was that uh, peop, uh, f- failure has one ingredient: information. And just take that information and so you can move forward. And then finally, understanding the difference of criticism between opinion and fact. If it's opinion, hit delete. If it's fact, listen up and try to implement and change. So, well, and be grateful for it. That's right. That's great. Well, thank you guys so much, Max, Aiden, Scott Hamilton. Uh, You guys brought some fire information. We're grateful for you. Thanks for tuning into the Champion Forward podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please pass it along. If you haven't yet, make sure you subscribe to our email list. We regularly send out content for competitors, caretakers, and coaches that can help them learn more about how to thrive amongst the pressure they face, both on and off the field. Also, follow us on Instagram for event updates, stories from our team, and collaboration opportunities. Thanks for listening to our podcast, and we'll see you next time.